Now we will have our call to worship. Good morning. Psalm 113. Praise ye the Lord. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. Who is like unto the Lord our God, who dwelleth on high, who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in earth? He raiseth up the poor out of the dust, and lifteth the needy out of the downhill, that he may send him with princes, even with the princes of his people. He maketh a barren woman to keep house, and to be a joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. Amen. And with that scripture note of family, let's continue to worship the Lord, singing number 611, Happy the Home, when God is there. 611. <laughs> Your songbooks, if you still have them in your hands, I hope. 
And we will do a responsive reading as our prayer of confession. It's number 657. And sing joyfully number 657. And it's all from Scripture. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when, by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. And after his desire has conceived, he gives birth to sin, and sin, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him, and in whose spirit is no deceit. Then I acknowledge my sin to you, and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord, and be glad in righteous. Sing, all of you who are upright in heart. Amen. There's nothing more to be said after that. So now um, let us continue to worship the Lord in sing joyfully the Isaac Watts song uh, from uh, the Psalm 90 that Moses wrote, number 67, O God our help, in a year's past.
the reading of God's Word this morning. Now we'll have Genesis 15, verses 1 through 6. After these things, the Word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, I am thy shield, and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is the Siraza of Damascus? And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir. But he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Next reading is book 3. Then said he to the multitude that came forth to be baptized of him, O generation of vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits worthy of repentance, and begin not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you, that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the tree. Every tree, therefore, which bringeth not forth good fruit, is hewn down and cast into the fire. And that is the word of the Lord. And now let us go to God in prayer. O oh God, Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, thank you for your grace and all you have freely given to us in him, the forgiveness of all our sins and shortcomings, and the gift of his Righteousness reckoned and imputed to us through humble, obedient faith and the reward of threefold life as a present reality in us now. Eternal life, abundant life, and life empowered for fruitfulness in Him. Salah. Let us meditate on that. We have already confessed and repented of our sins, we now humbly beg of you to make us fruitful in the Savior, and that we would testify to you out of a grateful heart, so that others may see and hear you in us, and that they may have in them what we have in you. This is true love for our neighbor, for all people. We pray for our nation. May we all give up on ourselves in our wayward 
ways, chosen without you in our hearts. And may we all allow you to break up and remove our hearts of stone to be replaced by your heart, your love, with your Holy Spirit filling us that he would bear fruit through us. And when your work of humbling us is done, please set us free from this pandemic. And may we never go back to our old ways. Again, please deliver us from our divisions and make us slow to speak and quick to listen. And may we truly seek to understand others. We pray for our leaders in Massachusetts, in the United States, and the whole world. Also, please raise up leaders from among your people willing to give themselves up for you and your kingdom on earth. Whether this kingdom be represented in government and public service, or science and research, or finance, high-tech, manufacturing, food production, arts and entertainment, education, medicine, law, helping and service vocations, all walks of life. And for our own church body, we pray for our older members and those with potentially compromised immune systems, be their strong love and joy and peace until we can have person-to-person -person fellowship again. And for those with cancer and serious sickness, please be with them, please touch them, please heal them. And those with joint pain or any body pain whatsoever, Please give relief so that these may serve you with joy. And also, please lift up every downcast and doubting heart by the Holy Spirit in Jesus so that you will restore unto us the joy of your salvation. Please guide the words I say about your word so that all who hear will understand your will for them and also begin to live out what you said by faith so that we would be changed so others may know you, surrender to you, and be changed themselves. And as we partake of the body and blood of Jesus in the sacrament, may we be joined to him, filled with him, and be strengthened to carry out all he has commanded us to do. And now we come to you with one heart and one voice, saying together the prayer he left for his followers. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now, before we um, dig deeper into God's word and the scripture which we have heard, let's sing number 356, I'm a child of the king.
Then he says he will bless, which means to enable with power and success and with a family of run. Thirdly, he will magnify his name. And then in the middle of the fourth one, Avram is actually commanded to be a blessing because of what Yahweh has given him. And this opened my eyes this week as I studied it more carefully. Literally, he says, so that you should be a blessing. Continuing on, fifth, I will bless those blessing you and those cursing I will curse. And then seventh, and finally, he says, and they have been blessed in you, all the families of the ground, Udamah. And if you remember, two weeks ago, we heard about the creation story, and the very first man was created out of the dust of the Adamah, the earth, and then God breathed into him, and he became a living being. These two should be joined together. It is the same word. So, um, also, um, he and his descendants, if you remember, we saw this two weeks ago. We've been spending some time with Adam in the first couple of chapters. They were to cultivate and keep the very good creation that God had made, and that under him, and under his guidance, and under his direction, they were to perfect it for God. But, we also saw that this was disrupted by the disobedience of the man, the first man, and his wife. So they were no longer working with the covenant God. Well now, as we come up to Abraham, Yahweh is calling one man in Genesis 12 to um, be, who was already, and so now we're getting up to 15. So he called Abraham in 12. Now before chapter 15 and chapter 14, we find out that he was already the head of a great household. When his nephew Lot uh, was kidnapped, he was able to call 318 trained soldiers from his household to go and rescue him. And you can look it up. Okay? So, this man, Abram, is going to restore God's blessing to every family who was taken from the ground. All of those descended from the original man. This passage now is a word from Yahweh to Abram that from his body will come forth a multitude, a multitude of descendants. And our gospel passage tells us that the prophet, John the Baptist we call him, um, prepared the way for the Messiah as he exhorted crowds of people coming to him to be baptized for repentance that God could raise up descendants to Abraham, after his name was changed, going back to the first text we heard this morning, he could raise them up from stones. And then, as I was pulling this together Friday and praying, I was reminded of one of my favorite prophecies 
from Ezekiel. It's in Ezekiel 11, and God's people have been exiled. And Yahweh says through Ezekiel, I will remove from my people their heart of stone, and I will put in them a new spirit. It's amazing how all of God's word works together. So, with that background, now let us look closer at our two passages this morning. The first one in Genesis, as Abraham is doubting, Yahweh gives him a word that he believes. So there's two paragraphs in this passage. Firstly, Yahweh is Abraham's shield, and Abraham responds, yeah, but I'm childless. So let's look at it phrase by phrase. So as I said, after Aram had rescued Lot, now Lot's name means covering, a covering, Yahweh spoke to Aram in a vision. He says, fear not, I am your shield and your very great reward. Well, fear not is everywhere, but let's just think for a minute about shield. This isn't any fabulous shield like the Roman shields that went from the neck all the way down to the ankles. What's being talked about here is a typical battle shield that covers the trunk of the body, namely the heart and the lungs, the lungs in which God breathed his breath so that people were living beings. Now this reward is nothing more than a wage paid for work. But what is being said here is more than that. Yahweh saying Abraham will be generously and graciously rewarded for his work, his work of reverent, fearing God, obedient faith. Now, Abraham says, Adonai Yahweh, I am going childless, and the son of acquisition is my heir. So, walking. I am going, I am literally walking. Well, we walk through our lives and we find out from earlier portions of Genesis, Abraham had been walking this planet for 85 years at this time, and he still has no child. Now, his servant has the name Eliezer, which means God is my help. Okay, but notice that this is using the creator name of God, Elohim, El, El. He's not using the covenant name of Yahweh. Of course, he's a foreigner. He's from Damascus. He's not of Abraham's line or the godly line. And then Abraham continues, and we've got a lot of beholds in this passage. He says, Behold, you've given no offspring to me, and behold, the son of my house is my heir. So don't miss this, people. The father of the faithful, Abram, he's expecting doubt to God. I don't know that I can believe you anymore. I'm 85 years old. Nothing's happening. I'm still going childless. And also, notice he's old enough that his servants have given birth the people who have grown up to become servants, because he says, this is the son of, her, of my household. So he's saying, wow, 
I'm too old, okay? So he's a second generation servant who's serving him. Now, when I talked about Eliezer only had the creator name of God, don't miss this. Go read Genesis 24. It's one of the best chapters in the Bible. And you find out from hanging around with Abraham, this man had great faith. Now, um, Yahweh told him, Abram, you've got it all wrong. You're not patient enough. Descendants from you will outnumber the stars. Abram believed him, and it was imputed to him righteousness. So again, let's go through this phrase by phrase. That's the summary. Behold. Now this behold is not for Yahweh. It's not for Abraham or Abram. It's for us. It's for the reader. It's for the hearer. We've seen the potential conflict, and now, all right, you people, wake up. Here's the rest of the story. Behold, and this is Yahweh's word to him. The man will not be your heir, but one who will go out from your inner parts, from your bowels, from your inside. He will be your heir. Now, this word, there's two words for word in the Bible, and this one is a specific word from Yahweh, the covenant God, to Abraham, and it says, you will have a son coming from your body, and because Yahweh spoke it, it will come to pass. And then having brought him outside, he said, he said, give regard to the heavens, and number the stars if you can. So will be your descendants. Well, somebody who went to a science and engineering school, I always have to look this up somewhere. And I found a website, Answers in Genesis, which is a well-known Christian apologetics ministry. And they said that in the Northern Hemisphere, where Abraham was residing, 3,000 stars are visible to the naked eye. Now, with a telescope, which Galileo invented in the 17th century, we can count 30,000 skies in the, in the, you know, stars in the, in the sky. But that doesn't even come close, because in the Milky Way galaxy, our galaxy, there is estimated to be some 200 billion stars. And then just if you really want to go crazy, according to this website, it probably makes sense. In the whole universe, as far as we can tell, there's approximately one with 25 zeros after it stars. I don't even know how big that number is, but 10 to the 25th power. So there's lots and lots of stars. So what is Yahweh saying to Abraham? You're going to have many, many descendants. Now we know Israel, the nation, numbered millions of people, and it's even more now than there's seven billion people on this earth. So Abraham only had one grandson, Jacob Israel, so it's not multiplying very much. But then Jacob Israel had 12, and the exponential growth was on its way. And then we're told Abraham believed he had a firm trust and Yahweh, and Yahweh reckoned to him righteousness. 
Now, another word, a fancy word, is he imputed to him. And what does this mean? Technically, as I was looking at my Bible dictionary, he responded to this response of faith in his word by thinking of him in a new way. Now, I don't pretend to understand the ways of God, but I guess we could say Yahweh was pleased with Abraham's faith. And that faith was reckoned to him, and Abraham was now thought of as righteous because he believed in and acted on God's word. So as we come to the end of our Genesis passage, here is something for us to consider. May we commit our entire lives, our heart, our mind, our desires to believe in and act on every word of God. So we need to know his word of God, but let's believe in and act on, on his word even when it seems impossible, as it must have seemed to Abraham. Righteousness, understand it, it's a gift of God through faith. Okay, now let's come to our gospel passage in Luke. John the Baptist tells the crowds to make fruit worthy of repentance because God can turn stones into children of Abraham, Abraham's sons. Again, there's two parts to this very brief paragraph. He starts out by saying, flee the wrath by making fruits worthy of repentance and don't say, Abraham's my genetic father. I'm a direct descendant of him. So John kept on saying, it's the crowds, just kept on coming to him day after day to be baptized. He keeps saying to these coming, you generation of vipers, snakes. Now we're already back in the Garden of Eden, what we saw two weeks ago. The serpent tempted Adam's wife so that both of them disobeyed God. But in the end of all scripture and revelation, we're told that this serpent was none other than the accuser of people, the devil, Satan. And here the baptizer saying that centuries later, centuries after Abraham, some 14 or 15, people are still under the influence of the serpent, the devil. And then, as any prophet would do, he says to them, who has shown you to flee from the coming wrath? Now again, we must understand all of Scripture. Yes, Jesus came for forgiveness. He showed God's love. However, God will always react to sin and rebellion with a great burning anger and wrath. We must never forget he is a righteous judge, and he cannot deny himself. Well, now John pivots from this, and we got a command. Therefore, make, be making fruits worthy of repentance. So the first step to become a child of God, reconciled to him just as Abraham was, is to turn from our own ways and desires, and to turn to him in surrendered, obedient faith. 
Now, the evidence, the evidence that people have repented is that they will be bearing good fruit, worthy of who God is and all of his actions, past, present, and future, his gracious actions. And now John gives the other side of the coin. And you should not begin to say to yourselves, we're having Abraham for our father. What is he saying here? It's not genetics. Human pride and laziness wants to believe that we can get favor with God just because of our genetic makeup. But the prophet is saying here that our heritage makes no difference to God. And then he says, for I'm saying to you, God is able, able from these very stones to raise up children of Abraham. Now this is God's work of grace. This is the heart of everything we've come to this morning. Hear me carefully. People only become God's children, spiritual descendants of Abraham by grace through faith. Okay? Romans 4. Read the whole chapter, but especially the end. So therefore, people, let us give over the rocky places of our hearts to God so we're filled with his spirit. He can turn these rocky places in our heart into legitimate children through the grace of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God can create children of faith from stones. This is our hope, people. But then John rounds it up and he says, every tree not making good fruit is into the fire being thrown. So there's a danger here, people. Trees that are not bearing fruit are in trouble. And I was reminded of Jesus' parable. You may remember it yourselves. It's in Luke 13. This is the parable. A man's fig tree had not borne fruit for three years. So he said to the manager of his property, cut this tree down. Cut it down. But the manager of the property who stands for Jesus says, no, 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 let me cultivate it and fertilize it for one more year before it gets cut down. If it doesn't bear fruit, fine, but it may still bear fruit in the next year, so it has one year. People, do we realize that we have a limited time to bear lasting fruit for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then he says, for every tree not making good fruit is being cut down, and into the fire is being thrown. So, hear this. Do we realize each and every one of us will be judged? We will be judged as to how we have been living our lives. Have we chosen to commit ourselves to the work of God, 
to bear the fruit of other people, people that we encounter, living changed lives because they have received the good news of Jesus. Are we participating with God in helping people cross over from death to life, eternal, abundant, and fruitful? Or have we chosen to just do our own thing, having nothing to do with God, so we're not going all out to serve him every day? We are all responsible, and we will be judged. Hebrews says it's appointed once to die, then the judgment. How will we stand? And remember Elijah, when the people of Israel were so horribly idolatrous. He laid out to them the two ways, and he says, you're dancing. Every day you're in this dance between God and demons. You can't do that. Choose one or the other. And then before the days of Elijah, after God had used Joshua to establish the 12 tribes in the very land promised to Abraham, Abraham, he gives them a history lesson of what God had been doing, starting with Abraham and going all the way up to them over 500 years later. And he says, choose this day whom you will serve. We have to make a choice. It's a clear choice. May we all fear the dreadful wrath of God in order that we will repent and turn from any areas of sin that may be in our life, whether it be our actions and even more especially our attitudes towards people. Now, I want to just take uh, the Gospel of John and a couple of epistles and show that becoming God's children, what does it love? So in the prelude to John's Gospel in chapter 1, we're told quite simply, to as many as received him, the living word, Jesus Christ, he gave the power to become children of God to those who are continually believing in his name. Receive, believe. So God's children must first be humbled, be humbled of their pride in order to receive his son, the Savior. And then every minute of every day, for the rest of their lives, God's children must live in joyful obedience to him. Humble, childlike faith is how we obey him. So even the hardest and proudest heart, God can create children of faith from that stone. And then we're told by the author of Hebrews that Jesus says, all who suffer with him by faith are his children. And then he puts in the mouth of Jesus these words from Isaiah. I'm trusting in Yahweh, and he has given me children by him. So this is all about the faithfulness of Jesus. The miracle of the gospel of Jesus is that God gives the faithfulness of the Savior to those who have been softened through their suffering in order that they may become children of God in Jesus. 
Again, no matter how hard we are, God chisels away. He tries to soften us. He wants to make us his children. And putting together the promise to Abraham of multitudes of descendants like all the stars with the Gospel of Luke, God can create children of faith from stones. It doesn't matter what we were. And finally, 1 John, the last chapter, this is one of my favorite chapters in Scripture. All who believe in Jesus become God's children and obey his command to love both God and God's children in Jesus. It's all about trust and obey. Obedient faith in God and his love gives in his Son, given in his Son, I mean, so God showed his love through the life of his Son, Jesus Christ, on this earth. It gives his children victory over the ways of the people of this world who are still under the control of the devil. Why are we seeing all these divisions and all this craziness in the news? People have not yielded themselves in childlike faith to God. That's what it takes. But he can break up the hardness of our hearts, and he can give us new hearts filled with his spirit. So the bottom line here, people, is let us determine to accept whatever measures, whatever suffering God brings into our lives to break up the hardness of our hearts of stone so that we can be his true children, Abraham's descendants, as was spoken to Abraham some 4,000 years ago. God can create children from stones. So let's wrap this all up. Yahweh tells Abram that from his body will come descendants more than the stars in the heavens, which is certainly millions and billions at least. And when Abram believed his word, Yahweh considered this faith righteousness. And then centuries later, the prophet John the Baptist proclaimed God could raise up children even from stones. People, that's our hope. God can take our hard hearts of stone, break them up, change them, give us new hearts, fill us with his spirit, and we become his children, just as Abraham was. And that promise can be fulfilled in us. God can create children of faith, even from stones. And now, uh, before uh, we uh, do the sacrament, let us sing number 265. Let us break bread together. Let us break bread together on our knees. Let us break bread together on our knees.
when God gave that sevenfold word to Abram as he called him, right in the middle, after three blessings had been given, he then commanded him to be a blessing to others. If we know the Lord, we must follow his last command, the Great Commission. We must realize that all people need the Lord. So for our final song, the words are on your bulletin and so let us sing, People Need the Lord.
that's a powerful, powerful yes, truth. And, and let us never forget it. We need the Lord. Everybody. Everybody needs the Lord. So we've heard here today that when Yahweh, the covenant God, said to Abraham, who was at that time just the exalted father, not the father of many, that Abraham would be the father of many, many, many of those of faith. Again, that's in Romans 4. I'm not going to take the time to go there now. But for our benediction, we're going to hear from Romans 1. And then, take, sing joyfully if you want, because our final song is going to be about the Lord calling us to be faithful. Faithful children of his from the faith that Abraham had from that specific word. So here's how Paul introduced his letter to the Christians in Rome. I am under obligation both to Greeks and barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who has faith, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for in it the gospel. The righteousness of God is revealed through faith for faith. And as it is written, he who through faith, through faith is righteous, shall live that threefold life, eternal, abundant, and with the purpose of bearing fruit to the glory of God in Jesus Christ. Amen. Join us at the Bible Men in Revival Monday.